Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Wow, what a week! Welcome to your Sunday night recap. A crippling injury to a stud player. An amazing rookie, a three-touchdown game from a wide receiver, all in the same game, ladies and gentlemen. And then you look up, and I didn't even notice until kind of the end of the day. It's like, whoa, Russell Wilson scored 45 fantasy points. He's the number one quarterback going into Sunday night. It's been, uh, yeah, a wild week. We got a big recap coming up, and big news. Jamie's start of the week was Mark Ingram, who is currently the number one running back in non-PPR, number two in PPR. What's up, Jamie? Way to go. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm surprised you're, uh, you're, you're able to do the show and you're not just running down the streets, you know, screaming Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. It was uh, was, was a good, good victory lap for you. If you want to take one. Is that a Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones reference there? That was, that was pretty good. uh, It sounded like it a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it's been a conflicting day for, for Giants fans. Uh, the win, the quarterback, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley with a high ankle sprain. That's tough. That's a tough pill to Adam, swallow. Adam, Adam, Adam. He's good. Yeah, Adam, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's good. He's good. That Daniel Adam, Jones. Hey, Adam, Heath's it's, here. It's, it's okay. If, it's okay if Saquon Barkley misses a couple weeks. If you found Daniel Jones, oh, we we may have found we may have found someone. Okay, Heath. Um, yeah, I think the important thing that we learned here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible. No, Cam false. Newton was awful when he was hurt. The Tampa Bay defense is not actually any good, and. Daniel Jones took advantage of a bad defense, and I'm glad he was able to do that. Listen, I wasn't sure that he'd even be good against bad defenses, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. What happened? What happened to you today? What are you so negative you, for? This is how we're starting no, Sunday I, I, night? What do, what do you mean? You just, just said saying, like four like, mean things. No, Garoppolo was bad against Tampa Bay. Camp oh. was bad against Tampa Bay. It turns out Tampa Bay is actually bad, like we thought, <laughs> and that's the only reason Daniel Jones was good. Maybe. Well, it's Washington next week, and I actually thought Jimmy Seriously? Garoppolo played well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, you know, I'm not even not playing into it. All right, but, but we do have to I got, start with I the big I got to tell news. you, watching, watching, watching that Giants game with Giants fans was fun. It's exciting. He looks pretty good, but uh, Kyle Allen also looked great, and he may not make another start, but we'll, we'll talk about everything here. Oh, he might. He might, yeah. Uh, Will Disley's going to be a hot waiver wire pickup. He's got Arizona next week. That's going to be a good thing. As I mentioned, huge game for Russell Wilson. Let's start with the big news here. There weren't a ton of injuries, but there were some pretty significant ones. Jamie, your reaction is Saquon Barkley and his high ankle sprain. Wayne Gallman did not do much. Only a few carries and really no stats practically for Gallman. Um, yeah, are you going to pick him up? He wouldn't be the first player I'd go look for at the at running back or probably overall, but he's going to be on the list. I mean, you know, if he's going to be the starting running back for the Giants in a game against Washington next week where they're probably going to get, you know, beat up a little bit just from a physical standpoint playing the Bears and then they got to play on a short week against uh, the Giants on the road. So it's it's not a bad situation to talk about him as a potential flex option, especially with two teams on a bye with the Jets and the 49ers. So uh, I'd probably look at Darrell Williams first if, in fact, he's going to be the guy in Kansas City. And it seems like there's a good chance that could be the case with LaShawn McCoy not being able to finish the game. But, uh, you know, Gallman will be on on, on probably the, the top five running backs to add, certainly maybe the top three. I, Heath, let's just talk overall. I mean, the number one player in fantasy has a has a high ankle sprain. It's, that's tough. It's a tough break. Yeah, it's bad news for the entire offense. Listen, it probably means more targets for Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Um, I agree with Jamie. Wayne Gallman is someone that like you have to put on your list of people that you're considering 
to pick up, but you'd like for him to be as close to the bottom of that list as possible. Because I don't think Wayne Gallman's special. I'm not sure this offense is special without Saquon Barkley. But you'd have to at least consider him. Yeah, no, it's a tough day when your second best player gets hurt. But at least, you know, it's Daniel Jones' team now. Wait, 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 wait. So... <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. I just want to make sure I got the pecking order right. Daniel Jones is one. No, no. Evan Ingram's two. Uh, Sterling Shepard's three. Aldrich Rosas is one. And then, and then yeah, I guess maybe Barkley, two. Daniel Jones, three. Um, LeSean McCoy did hurt his ankle, though. LeSean McCoy thinks he can play next week, but Damian Williams did uh, get a lot of work today and had a Darryl. pretty good... Daryl Williams, thank you. Had a good game today for the Chiefs. And yeah, we'll keep you updated, obviously, but we'll take a sneak peek at the waiver wire in a little bit. Ito Smith was evaluated for a concussion, and Devontae Freeman was let loose a little bit, and he had a good game uh, at Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton left with a quad injury in the third quarter, and Julian Edelman let, left basically just before halftime with a chest injury. So do we know anything about Ito, Hilton, or Edelman, guys? I think the big concern would be Ito. I mean, soon would be uh, Hilton and Edelman and not necessarily Ito Smith. Uh, right. You know, if you're looking at it from the the standpoint of I think overall, but you know, factoring the Patriots is the the first receiver I'd go look for, and maybe the first player would be Philip Dorsett because, you know, first game without Antonio Brown, and and he was you know significantly involved in the early part of the game when it mattered, and I think we're going to see from the Patriots, you know, much more three receiver sets moving forward, you know, until uh, maybe Ben Watson factors in and, and and puts them back in a little bit of what we've been used to seeing from their offense, but you know, even if Edelman is fine, I think Dorsett's going to be a factor. So he becomes the injury replacement and then he becomes the potential, you know, guy that you can use as a third receiver in three receiver leagues. I don't think he's ever going to become a must start guy in a two receiver league, but you know, catching passes from Brady in, in this offense and, and seeing his targets go up a little bit, that's that's a nice thing to look for. I don't think there's anybody in the Colts offense you could say is going to benefit with DY Hilton out. You know, it's long shots with Deion Kane and, and Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal. You know, these aren't guys are gonna produce like like Hilton would. Philip Dorsett has six touchdowns in his last seven games, uh, dating back to last season, including the playoffs. But this was his first game with more than five targets, and he ended up with seven targets, six catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. He had three of those seven targets in the first half with Julian Edelman. And then I, I heard this on the broadcast today of the Ravens-Chiefs game. After Demarcus Robinson made a really nice touchdown catch, Heath, Dan Fouts, who was calling the game, said that Andy Reid said Demarcus Robinson is a star in the making. So he's not really available. He's like 85% owned. But do you think Demarcus Robinson is a star in the making? Did you see that catch he made? Yeah. It was a touchdown? Star, like that star was catch. was a star catch. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it, it may be difficult once Tyreek Hill comes back. If you've got Sammy Watkins and you've got Travis Kelsey and you've got all the running backs that Kansas City has for Demarcus Robinson to really matter in fantasy all that much. But he absolutely looked like a star in the making on that catch. It turned out Robinson was only started in 36% of leagues, and he only had four targets. Hardman was only started in 17% of leagues, and only, only had five targets, but they both scored. Hardman had an 83-yard touchdown catch, and the Chiefs' offense can't I, be stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to remain low on those guys in terms of projections, and it's frustrating because like, just about any other player, if you tell us that he's getting four or five targets, you're not really that interested. They got six last week. That was great. Um, but it's Patrick Mahomes, so math doesn't matter. Math, <laughs> math doesn't well, matter. Well, there could be uh, just an easy way to buy into them next week. They're, they're playing Detroit, and Darius Slay may not play. He got hurt, had a hamstring injury. If, if you take Slay off that defense already, you know, that's uh, um, a secondary that, you know, we've seen is beatable. And 
you know, I, I think you'd have to just buy into them as as flexes or, you know, starters in three receiver leagues. Again, I don't think they crack the the, the two receiver league lineups, but it, it's hard to avoid them. OK, a couple more notes here and then we have some more news and notes later in the show, but much more important stuff to get to like winners and losers. But Antonio Brown tweeted that he will not be playing in the NFL anymore. So we already said you can drop him in a redraft league in a keeper or dynasty league. Jamie, are you still hanging on to Antonio Brown? Um, if the rosters are deep enough in dynasty leagues, yes. In keeper leagues, depending on how many you keep, probably not. Uh, but this sounds like it's not going to be a reunion in the NFL. We could see him maybe in the XFL. You know, he could just be done. He he said in the summer, you know, when uh he left Pittsburgh and had the blonde mustache, the uh, interview on ESPN with uh, with Jeff Darlington, that he was okay walking away from the game and. You know, with everything that's going on and some of the things that he tweeted today, you know, uh, about some of the owners, Robert Kraft in particular, um, you know, the allegations that he, he's dealing with comparing them to Ben Roethlisberger and what he went through. I, I can't imagine an NFL team taking a chance on him. So, you know, for fantasy purposes, I hope, honestly, this is the last conversation we have about him because I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I think we all are. But I'm not tired of talking about the Patriots. They are off to an amazing start. They're the first team in the Super Bowl era that has not allowed a rushing or passing touchdown in the first three games of the season. Uh, they had a, a pick six they gave up today and a special teams touchdown, but thank you to the Associated Press for that stat. few things to promote. Well, we're giving away a T-shirt right now to our contest winner. And uh, it was a team name contest. So we had a, over 600 team names submitted. I read every single one of them last night. And we found our favorite ones. Ben Schrager, our producer, and I found our best one. But if you want to go to the Facebook group, uh, it's just Fantasy Football Today on Facebook. Please join. We're trying to get to 10,000 members. We're pretty close. So it's fun. You get a lot of feedback. If you don't get your questions answered by Dave, Jamie, Heath, Ben, and myself, this is a great opportunity uh, to, to talk to other people that listen to our show and get some feedback. But our winner, the best team name that we saw to get the T-shirt is J.J. Arcega Heathside. J.J. Arcega Heathside. What, Heath? So did they say Arcega or did they say Arcega? That doesn't matter. J.J. Arcega Heathside. Oh, you like that's it? That's the best you got? It was very funny. J.J. Yeah. Ar- I think it's very funny. Yeah. I like it. It has my name in it, and I don't even like it that much. <laughs> it, honestly, honestly, it was funnier. How many entries? Ri- over six hundred. It was funnier written there, than five hundred ninety-nine. There's not. There's submissions. not better ones than that. You don't understand. Eighty-five <laughs> percent of them were perverted. We have the sickest listeners in the world. Yes, I I understand that you're blank Zach Ertz. I get it. We ha- we couldn't pick one of the perverted ones. Any, uh, any Nick Chubb names? A ton of Nick Chubb names, yes. <laughs> Nicole Hardman got in there. Yes, very perverted group of Facebook uh, followers. HQ, CBS Sports HQ, uh, 10 a.m. on Sundays till kickoff Eastern time. Of course, noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. Watch HQ. Watch it on your uh, connected device. And our FanDuel contest, fanduel.com slash league slash FFT. Uh, I cashed this week, baby. Had a big week. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. All right, let's talk about uh, some quarterbacks here. And an inspirational quote for you guys. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. What a terrible line. I mean, what a great movie, The Replacements, but a terrible line. But let's talk about The Replacements. Daniel Jones, 
He had 37 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, two passing, two rushing touchdowns. Mason Rudolph, thanks to a huge play from Juju Smith-Schuster and a touchdown catch by Deontay Johnson, he ends up with 17 fantasy points. Kyle Allen, four touchdown passes, 32 fantasy points. He was great at Arizona. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 20 fantasy points. So it went Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, Bridgewater, and Rudolph with Jones and Allen much better than the other two. But Heath, your takeaways from this group of replacements, three of them that we're going to be seeing for the foreseeable future, two of them probably for the rest of the season, and then you have Kyle Allen. What do you think? Yeah, I thought Allen and Jones both did things that were surprisingly impressive. Jones mostly with his legs. Uh, both quarterbacks, their biggest play through the air came on basically crossing routes that Evan Ingram or Juju Smith-Schuster took to the house down the sideline and didn't really have much to do with what they did as quarterbacks, but they have good weapons. So I, Joe, all, Jones, very interesting in a two-quarterback league. I don't imagine we're going to care about him in anything other than that. And if Kyle Allen's starting again next week, I'm going to be interested in him. Really, I'm very interested in Daniel Jones. Yeah, well, I thought he threw he... the ball... Very, very well. And if you're banking on just his rushing production as the reason why he played well today, I don't know what you're watching because he was making plays with his arm all over the place. And Evan Ingram certainly had a big play with a 75-yard catch. The throw to Sterling Shepard was great. Darius Slayton made a lot of great plays that were great throws from from Jones. I thought he threw the ball really, really well. And, so, and yes, do you think he's a top 12 quarterback? No, no, by, by okay. no stretch. But I don't think any of these guys are top 12 quarterbacks. But you're talking about him facing a Washington defense next week that's not very good on a short week. I think it's going to be a very interesting situation for Daniel Jones. Especially if yeah, Barkley's not there. better than Tampa Bay. Defense. Oh, I don't disagree with that. But, but look, I mean, but I, I mean, also think that Kyle, Kyle Allen played a JV defense too. This was his first start, and he and he threw for three hundred thirty-six yards. He averaged nine yards amazing. per attempt. He played great. He was great all all preseason long. He's got a fumbling problem. He's going to make some mistakes. He had an interception that was dropped. It was not a perfect game. But I think if you're quarterback needy, like Daniel Jones, the fact that he can run, he had two rushing touchdowns in this game. I mean. Like, this is important. I, I don't know. I don't think he's just a 2QB guy. I think he's really good. I think he's really good. No, I, I didn't mean the running thing as a negative. That's, that's a positive. It's good when quarterbacks can produce fantasy points with their legs. I do think he's just a 2QB guy, though. But so is Kyle Allen. Sure. Absolutely. 100%. I didn't mean to imply something different. I don't know, man. I mean... I'm not. I, if he's a top 18 quarterback, I don't know if he's a top 18 quarterback rest of season. He's a one QB league guy. I'm not saying he's top 12, like, but he's my a waiver number 18 guy. quarterback this week was Philip Rivers. I don't. Yeah, I mean, is it so unrealistic that Daniel Jones could be as good as Philip Rivers? He's going to run. Philip Rivers doesn't run at you all. You can make a case for next week that Daniel Jones against Washington is better than Baker Mayfield. Who does Baker have? Baker has the Ravens in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And, and they didn't have a Golden Tate, so he's going to get Tate back and it'll be better. Now, I think he's worse without Barkley. There's no question. In fact, there's, their offense struggled in the second half, so that that is a negative. But it was a great start for him. And the, and the rest of these guys are, are two QB guys for sure, right? Rudolph, Allen. Bridgewater. I think all of them are. Okay, but the rest of them for sure we can agree on. Um, all right. Yes. So let's take a sneak peek at the waiver wire, then we'll do winners and losers here. So Daryl Williams... Uh, nine carries, 62 yards, five catches, 47 yards against Baltimore. And we suspected it might be him over Darwin Thompson, and it was, particularly after McCoy got hurt. But we also don't know about McCoy or Damian Williams for next week, but you're going to ha have to take a chance on Daryl Williams. Jamie, who else are we looking at for next week? I mean, I haven't gone through the list yet, to be honest with you, so I, I, I'm just 
speculating here, but I mean, Philip Dorsett, like I said, would be the one I'd go look at. Will Disley for sure, you know, just given the uh, the matchup that he's going to have against the Cardinals. Um, I, I I don't know the percentages. You know, Frank Gore is at sixty nine percent. I looked at that. Disley's uh, at fifty one. So uh, yeah, for Disley's sure, an yeah. easy one. I mean, the the quarterbacks are easy because all of them are available. Um, the ones that that we just talked about. Um. I, I don't know where Valdez scaling. Yeah, no. Val- DJ Chark is under DJ Chark is under sixty five percent. He's somebody that you go you should go get. Deontay Johnson certainly for sure. Um, just in a deeper league based on what his ownership percentage is at is somebody you should look at. Um, Heath, who's on your t shirt today? Uh, Gardner Minshew, and I would add him over Daniel Jones. Okay, man. Daniel yeah, Jones was the, Daniel Jones was the sixth pick of the draft. The Gardner Minshew was an undrafted free agent. But okay, you do you. You do. You have no interest in giving Daniel Jones any credit. I just because you hated no, him on drafting saying, like the rest I, I would of the world. Add Gardner Minshew. Okay, like that's fine. That's honestly, you're going to take Daniel fine. Jones over. I, I, no, that's let's, fine. Let's make a bet. Honestly, make a bet. I think fantasy it's a reasonable points, take. I think it's a reasonable take. I, I don't see points per start for the rest of the season. I'll take Minshew. You take Jones. Whoever loses has to grow a Minshew. <laughs> And we're we're at week seventeen. Okay, fine. I don't even know that I like Jones better than Minshew this season, but fine. I'm in. I am in. I just find okay. your dismissal of Daniel Jones humors me. I'm not dismissing you. Him. Are I said dismissing he's a good him. two QB option. That's not every, sorry, almost not everyone is top twelve quarterback. Uh, which quarterback isn't a good two quarterback option? Josh Rosen. Like how many? Almost every quarterback is a good two QB option. I um, did not say that Mason Rudolph is a good two QB option. Chargers DST is the first thing I'm looking at on waivers, but they're like 75% on. Marquez Valdez Scanting, Scantling, and Matthew Stafford, if he's available, I picked him up to beat the waiver wire. He has the Chiefs at home. Chiefs and Arrowhead, it's 10 straight quarterbacks who haven't scored 22 or more than 22 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. And that has been uh, a look Matthew at. Matthew Stafford's only a 2QB option, too. I, I mean, you must have a, a great quarterback week after week in all of your one QB leagues. You must never have any QB issues. I'm not saying that. <laughs> then Matthew Stafford, who's 75% owed, is more than just a two QB guy. Come on. What are you talking about, man? He's a, he's a borderline top 20 quarterback. I think... I, I, I have him at 13 for next week. Yeah, I'm just saying next week. Next week. Chiefs. All right. Uh, I hope you joined our Fanduel group. I hope you played. I had a lot of Mike Evans, a lot of Jameis Winston. It was really fun. And when you have a lineup that clicks, that hits, it's really cool to just sit there, go on Fanduel, and keep watching basically your profits. And if you go to Fanduel.com slash FFT and you sign up, you make a $20 deposit, you will get a $20 bonus on Fanduel in site credit. You'll get $5 for four weeks. So just go to Fanduel.com slash FFT. But really, we, we analyzed it. We looked at the stats. You know, we saw that stat about every wide receiver basically that has six targets against San Francisco, and that could have told you, hey, I'm going to play Juju Smith-Schuster. You know Josh Jacobs. Why would you play Josh Jacobs? But you don't have to look at your crummy lineup and make crummy decisions. You can pick a great lineup every single week on FanDuel. So I encourage you to play. I encourage you to join our league, FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. But before you do that, sign up, FanDuel.com slash FFT, or go to the FanDuel app. If you sign up at FanDuel.com slash FFT, you deposit 20 bucks, you get $5 in site credit for four weeks. Love FanDuel. Get on there and start competing against us. Winners and losers from week three. Jamie, kick it off with some winners. Well, Sterling Shepard, you know, I, I think him coming back from the concussion and showing you what he's capable of doing as the featured guy in the offense, we'll see how that continues um, once Golden Tate is back. But, you know, led the team in targets. 
I thought that, you know, again, Daniel Jones connecting with him was, was nice to see seven for 100 and, uh, and the score on nine targets, you know, one more target than Evan Ingram. Ingram had the better day, but he had the bigger play. So I think Shepard can, can certainly be a, a serviceable, at least number three receiver, but a, a potential top 24 next week, um, against Washington. That would be the, the, the first guy for me, um, as a, uh, as a winner this week. All right. Sterling Shepard and then Joe Mixon. 15 carries, 61 yards, two catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown at Buffalo. He had earlier in the week apologized for, for struggling, basically, and uh, got kind of back on track. Mixon was started in 62% of leagues. Yeah, I, I didn't think he would play well, and, and, and the touchdown saved him in a non-PPR league. In, in PPR, is a little bit better just because he had the couple catches, but um, I thought he ran well. You know, I, I Just watching him against this, this Bills defense in a negative game script because they were chasing points at, at the half. Um, down fourteen, nothing. So for them to stick with him and and for him to come out with uh, you know, averaging over four yards per carry again, you know, catching the the touchdown, but also being involved in the passing game, to to not a high extent, but enough that it you know saved his production with the thirty four receiving yards. So I think this is uh hopefully the start of what we hoped would be a must start running back week in week out, and you know I think he can still get to that level. All right, Heath, your winners are Greg Olson and Mike Evans. Greg Olson had six catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns at Arizona. Arizona's defense against tight ends is like is alarming, and that's Will Disley's matchup next week. But but do you think Olson is a, a sell-high guy or a hold? I don't think this, like, part of it is definitely the fact that Arizona is just awful against tight ends. But he had nine targets each of the first two games, led the team with seven targets, in this game, he's getting open. He got two touchdowns. Maybe only one of those can be ascribed to the Arizona terrible tight end defense, and only one of them gets to go to Greg Olson. But I think he's just a top 10 tight end for as long as he stays healthy. And if Cam Newton comes back and Cam Newton's good, then I would assume Greg Olson will continue to be good. But it was nice to see that he could be a top 10 tight end with Kyle Allen at quarterback as well. And then Mike Evans, there was legitimate concern after all the things Bruce Arians said this summer about Chris Godwin catching 100 passes, that Godwin was just the number one wide receiver in this offense. It was nice to see Evans step forward, prove that's not true, make some very nice plays downfield. I think we can put aside our concern about him the first couple weeks of the season. Probably just wasn't quite fully recovered from that illness. Looks like Evans is the number one in Tampa Bay. They single cover. I mean, they single covered him, and maybe that's a testament to Chris Godwin. But they just said Janoris Jenkins. You got Mike Evans, and Mike Evans had eight catches, one hundred ninety. I yards, thought Janoris Jenkins touchdowns. was really good. No, he's good. He is good. He's the best player on that defense. He's obviously not good enough. He's not good enough. You can't single cover Mike Evans. I don't know that how many cornerbacks can. Uh, great game for him, and he was started in ninety six percent of leagues, and he took advantage of a great matchup, and and hopefully he's on his way. Um, would you guys rather have Greg Olson or I think another clear tight end winner, Darren Waller, who went over 100 yards and just seems like a very safe tight end? Who would you rather have rest of the season? Waller. Yeah, I think Waller still. Is this crazy? I think Darren Waller is going to be top three and possibly leading the position. That's crazy. Top three in yards by a tight end. Uh, I don't know how many touchdowns he'll get. Right. I don't think he'll be top three in yards, but he'll be close. 134 yards today for Waller. Adam, the uh -huh. dynasty lead that we share, we started both uh, Waller and Greg Olson today. I told you we should start those guys. Very yeah. happy about that. Yeah. Turn no. the notifications back on for Adam. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, losers. Heath, you're losers. Stefan Diggs and Matt Breida. I think I'm supposed to apologize to Heath for something, but let's talk about Diggs first. 
Yeah, like three targets in this game, and they were all within like five yards of the line of scrimmage. I think maybe all five, all three catches were for five yards. It won't be like this every week, but once again, we got more confirmation of what Mike Zimmer and this offense really wants to do, and that's run the football. When they threw it downfield, they were throwing to Adam Thielen. Occasion, like last week, they threw it downfield to Stephon Diggs. That will happen on occasion as well, but I don't believe you can view Stephon Diggs as a must-start number two wide receiver unless they're in a game against an offense that we feel will score points against the Vikings defense. Because if they don't have to throw the ball, they're not going to throw the ball, and that's bad news for Diggs. Yeah, Diggs started in 86% of leagues, three catches for 15 yards, and he had two catches for 37 yards in week one, one catch for 49 yards and a touchdown in week two, and just another game where Cousins threw something like 20 passes in this game. Um, is do you think Stefan Diggs is just a straight up bust? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that quite yet because there are paths to things working out for him. Uh, he needs either an injury to Adam Thielen or multiple injuries on the defense, though. Yeah, or maybe, uh, maybe the most realistic an injury to Dalvin Cook based on history. But uh, I, the way I Alexander not. Madison's running, I'm not sure that matters. Uh, Matt Breida, they don't they don't have a red zone running back, Heath. In San Francisco. Quite clearly, they have both a third down back and a red zone back, and neither of those backs are Matt Breida, and they're not the same guy, which makes it pretty much terrible for fantasy. Uh, Breida still looks good. I would assume at some point he's going to score a touchdown, but there's no question after this week that Jeff Wilson is the red zone guy. Raheem Mostert is the third down guy. And Matt Breida is all the touches. We don't really care about that much in fantasy. I, I guess I'll plead ignorance here. Was Mostert the third down guy? Because he did not have a catch. Breida had two catches. Mostert did not have any. Breida had 16 touches and 88 total yards. You know, they, they all had a good game. Uh, and Wilson had eight carries for well, 18 Mostert, yards. Mostert two fumbled. He did fumble. He did. But he, uh, he had 79 yards. So May, yes, with Maybe fumble, Mostert so will fall out of favor. And then Breida could be okay. Well, we also have Tevin Coleman. Like Jamie, do you think that this is bad for Tevin Coleman when he gets back? I just wonder if if one of the guys, and, and it would most likely make the most sense if Mostert is that guy, is playing the Coleman role. You know, we, we get this all the time with guy misses time. They don't want to screw up the other guy and what his typical role is. You know, you see that usually with a, like a Darren Sproles or Jalen Richard, you know, the, the third down type of backs that they don't want to put them in the featured role when they have somebody that they feel can slot and replace them. So I wonder if this is Breida's role. It was always going to be Breida's role, and they feel like Mostert can do what Tevin Coleman was expected to do. So we'll, we'll find out. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's not a comfortable feeling if you're sitting on Tevin Coleman. You shouldn't drop him by any stretch. But it's not a comfortable feeling if you're you know, sort of riding this out, waiting for him to come back, and expecting him to just jump back in and be the lead guy. I have a couple of bonus losers, um, and I, I'm not going to skip you, Jamie, but one of them is a 49er. So, uh, actually, no, I had him on the worryometer, but it's okay. Let, let's transit. Let's just talk about this team in general. Are they just spreading the ball out too much? And the guy that I might be a little concerned about is George Kittle, who's had about 60 yards in all three games, hasn't scored yet. He had two called back in week one, two touchdowns, but he's not going crazy, um, even though I'm assuming he's their leading receiver. But uh, I, I don't know that for a fact. But are they just spreading the ball around too much? It's like the parents called Kyle Shanahan and complained that their kid wasn't getting enough touches, and now he's making sure everybody gets involved. It's so annoying. Are you worried about it, George uh, Kittle? This this was the concern for Kittle and, you know, Ertz to an extent, but Ertz is sort of benefiting with all the guys 
banged up around him is that, you know, the 49ers added two rookies. They bring back Marquise Goodwin. They have pass catching running back. And was Kittle going to be featured to the same extent? He's still their target leader. And if you just look at today's game, you know, he had three more targets than the next closest guy to him, eight to five. And five, shockingly enough, was Dante Pettis, who had seemingly fallen out of favor. So I, I think Kittle is still in the buy low category just because there's still much more production to come. But this was the concern about drafting him in the second round and in the early third is that were you going to get the same type of production, the same level of production, the guy that set the record for receiving yards at the tight end position? And right now that is clearly the answer is no. Jamie, let's go to your losers. Carry on Johnson and Devontae Adams. Johnson had a touchdown again, but... He's averaging 2.6 yards per carry through three games. He had 20 carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. I guess there's two ways to look at this, right? His production isn't good, but they cut C.J. Anderson. He got a ton of work. So how are you looking at on Johnson right now? I mean, if you were to say before the game, on Johnson's getting 20 carries, I would have said he might be the top five running back this week. You know, not that Philadelphia's run defense is bad, but they're banged up. And, you know, just the hope that a guy getting that much work, that many touches would, you know, be super productive. But like you said, 36 yards, 1.8 yards per carry, only one catch on one target. Uh, if he doesn't score, it's just an absolute misery of a day. So um, I, I I think he's just one of those guys that you have to start unless you have just great options, but we're getting to the bye weeks now and there's two teams off and, you know, the, the injuries that we're dealing with from Saquon Barkley to the Chiefs guys to, you know, however you want to, you know, look at it. So uh, it's, it's frustrating. You know, like you said, the usage is good, but he does not come out of this game as a winner for a guy that got that much work. Devontae Adams, are you actually concerned about Devontae Adams? Not at all. And, and I just wanted to bring him up because I think he's in the Mike Evans category of uh, there's big games coming. And buy low now if you can because there's going to be a lot of frustrated people. Um, they're playing the Eagles this week. That secondary has been beaten and beaten pretty good uh, on a short week at home. So I think you could see the big Devontae Adams game. Maybe not 190 and three touchdowns, but I could see 100 and a touchdown coming for Devontae Adams on Thursday. I- I think the interesting question is, like, the guy that just scored three touchdowns, are you offering Mike Evans for Devontae Adams? Probably not, because, I, you know, as much as I like Devontae Adams as the best receiver for me, which has not been the case so far in fantasy, uh, Adams and, and Evans I thought was going to have a good season to begin with, so I'd probably just stick it out with Evans. Mm, really? That's so interesting, because, like, a- Adams pretty much couldn't have had a harder schedule to start the season. Bears, Vikings, Broncos... And now with Philadelphia at Dallas, Detroit, it doesn't matter. It's just going to get so much easier. The middle of their season is just littered with great matchups, it seems. Um, I, if you believed in Adams as your number one receiver, and you know, I don't know how you don't pe- give up the number eight receiver for the number one receiver right now. Preseason number eight. I guess, I guess it probably makes sense. It probably makes sense to do that. Heath, would you? I'm not sure I would. I like the way this offense is working in green Bay and they're spreading the ball around and it's succeeding. Um, I'm just not sure. Like, I think I'd probably just stand pat. I think I'd go with Jamie's original answer. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers has not had a 20 point game yet. (laughs) Crazy. So, all right. A couple of bonus losers for me, James Connor, Duke Johnson, obviously they're in different classes, but James Connor, 13 carries, 45 yards, four catches, 14 yards and a fumble. Is he a buy low or are you afraid of James Conner right now? A little afraid. I'm afraid. Because you know, of quarterback change. Yep. Yeah, disappointing. But no Jalen Samuels. Uh, with, did he play? Uh, he didn't have a touch. I didn't see anything, but Benny Snell. He was on the field, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he had a touch in this game. So it's it's Conner's job. It's just not producing right now. But Cincinnati coming well, up. Well, Benny Snell had three carries. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, Snell was playing over Samuels, it seems. Uh, and Duke Johnson. What the hell? Two two carries, two catches? Are they going to have to be He's trailing done. for him to get any work in the passing game? They were trailing most of this game. Or at least for a good, good period of the game, they were trailing. You dro- are you dropping Duke Johnson? In non-PBR leagues, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Touchdown alert. Dalvin Cook, T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones. They all have four touchdowns in three games. Uh, Julio has had one season with more than eight, and T.Y.'s never had more than seven. Right now they're crushing it. Julio Jones, though, had eight, eight touchdowns his last eight games in 2018. So that has continued. We've got the worryometer. Heath, you're going to have to come up with... I didn't tell you before the show. You're going to have to come up with a believe it or not for every game, okay? Yeah, you should have told me that before the show. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell... That would have been a good thing to tell me. I'm going to tell you about something even more important. And while I tell you, I will give you the opportunity to tune out and come up with some believe it or nots. But the rest of the listeners, you got to do... I usually tune out when you're talking. That's fine. You got to go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. This sponsor is amazing. This is free money, Okay. I did this with Ben Gretsch on the Mailbag Show. I told him, Ben, go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. Download the browser extension. It took him seconds. It's like two clicks and you've got it. And then you just go shopping. You just shop online and you save money. Honey searches for coupon codes, gets you discounts, and just takes money off of your final total. It's amazing. Or they'll tell you that you already have the best deal. Honey has so many great reviews online as well. Over 10 million people are saving money with Honey. It has 100,000, more than 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store, and Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money. So I've downloaded it. I use it uh, on Chewy.com for pet food. I've used it for, on Amazon. I use it on CBSSports.com to buy some gear, uh, you know, some, some sports clothes. Go to joinhoney.com slash FFT, and it installs on your computer in two clicks. It'll save you money so you can treat yourself to something nice. It, and it's free, by the way. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. All right. Um, let's look at uh, some of the best and then the worst. Top five at each position. Jamie, I'll give you the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, 45 fantasy points. He threw 50 times, four, 406 yards. He ran for 51 yards. He had two rushing and two receiving touchdowns. Daniel Jones, two. Mahomes. Wow, two receiving touchdowns. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. Two, two rushing and two throwing. Um, Russell Wilson had uh, the most garbage time of garbage time touchdowns. An untimed down with the game already decided. Yeah. Yep. To Disley. That was terrific. Going to so congratulations for those of you that are playing Russell Wilson. Those of you playing against him, that sucks. I'm going to give you six here because there's a tie actually for fifth. So Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Allen, Jameis Winston, and Deshaun Watson. What stands out to you there? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen. You know, uh, the other guys were expected to be very good. Well, Jameis. Coming into the season of this week. What do you think about Jameis? Because I know... I thought Jameis would play well. I mean, the yeah. Giants stink. You know, so this is uh, this was the Jameis game that we've been waiting for. Next week, he's going to stink again because he's got to go play at the Rams. So it's not going to be a pretty situation for him back-to-back games. But this was the Jameis game. This was the... Um, it's almost identical to what Carson Palmer told me when I talked to him. He said there's going to be 350 and three games coming for him. And, and it was 380 and three. So, you know, it, as as great as the Daniel Jones story is... The flip side of that is Jameis made the play, the throw to Mike Evans mm-hmm. in single coverage and a dumb defense by the Giants, put them in position to win the game, and the kicker missed the kick. <laughs> yep. As I said to you before the show started, if Eli Manning had played exactly like Daniel Jones had, the kicker would have made the kick. But it's Daniel Jones. Like, it's just a new era. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. 
two quarterback leagues only, I guess. Mark Ingram is your number one running back, Heath, in non-PPR. Alvin Kamara beats him in PPR. He had five more catches and one more point than Ingram. Oh, look at that. They used to be friends. They used to be teammates. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, and Dalvin Cook. That's your top five in both non-PPR and PPR. What'd you think about Philip Lindsay? 21 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, plus four catches, 49 yards. Benefited from a brief injury from Royce Freeman, but really was used near the goal line more than Freeman. What do you think? Heath? I'm supposed to be paying attention to you again now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was doing the believe it or not for all the games. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I. This was encouraging. I Again, this is another one of those situations where I wonder if it tells us a little bit more about presumptions we had made about the Green Bay defense. But he needed a game like this because through the first two weeks, Royce Freeman had just flat out been better than him. I still think he's more of a low-end number two, high-end flex, and Freeman's still a flex option than Lindsey being the guaranteed number two that we thought he was during draft season. I think with Green Bay's defense, there's no proof that they have a good run defense yet. Dalvin Cook and the Broncos guys. No, we, we, we spend a lot of time talking to uh, uh, with during the, the game recaps that we do throughout the day, you know, with Pete Prisco. And he was saying the one area of concern for the Packers defense, and he's been touting this defense, you know, for a couple months now, that is the is the middle. Like Frank Clark, he mm-hmm. said, is a good run stuffer, but the linebackers don't necessarily play the run very well. He said that could change, you know, as they start to, you know, really adapt to the system. But for right now, you're seeing it. I mean, uh, they did a good job week one, but I think that was a Bears mishap as opposed to a Packers defensive situation where they just didn't run Mike uh, David Montgomery enough. And Dalvin Cook and, and and the Broncos beat them up. We'll find out if they're going to, you know, get the same type of production from the Eagles. I doubt it. So, you know, the run defense probably looked better in, on Thursday night. Yeah, and uh, what, I, what I was going to say is their secondary looks pretty good. King and Jair Alexander, Amazing. really good. Amazing. Jair Alexander is a is an IDP guy that you should be looking at. He's like 25% owned, and he's just making big plays all the time. Jamie, let's look at the best wide receivers. And, and by the way, every every Sunday I watch Red Zone, and I sort of chart the Red Zone touches, not the actual Red Zone touches, not the NFL Red Zone touches, not the channel. And... I think the Broncos guys are just, I think they're both going to be involved. There were times when Royce Freeman lined up as a fullback and they were both on the field, you know, near the 10 yard line or inside the 10. Um, but I, I did have some interesting kind of goal line takeaways that we can hopefully get to. Jamie, top five wide receivers are Evans, uh, Keenan Allen, who's just, I mean, he's just having an amazing year. 13 catches, 183 yards, and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, Sterling Shepard. Oh, yeah, I'm back, Amari baby. Cooper. <laughs> That's in my favor now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Tyler Lockett's going to catch more touchdowns than Metcalf, uh, I admit. But Evans, Allen, Lockett, Shepard, and Amari Cooper. Thoughts? Good group. You know, Coop, uh, Shepard would be the surprise. Um, but good to have him healthy with uh, with an improved quarterback. Shepard also had two carries for 21 yards. Maybe he'll be their best running back. Maybe. Maybe. And Julio Jones... Uh, was sixth and uh, another big game for him. In fact, tied with Cooper and PPR. And Heath, how about some tight ends here? Yeah. Greg Olson, Jordan Akins for the Texans, three catches, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. Austin Hooper, his second big game out of three. Evan Ingram and Darren Waller. Uh, big game for Darren Waller. In fact, Darren Waller in PPR, I think he was, I think he was third. No, I think he was second. 
These are non-PPR. Olsen, Akins, Hooper, Ingram, Waller. And then I'll throw in a little Dawson Knox and Will Disley. What's going on with tight end? We got some names we didn't expect here. Yeah, I think the thing with Waller that we've seen these last two weeks is that the Raiders have fallen behind and Derek Carr has gone back to old habits. He drops back and just dumps it off as fast as he can. And Waller's the guy there now because they're not really playing Jalen Richard as much as they did. That's great news for Darren Waller. It's not necessarily great news for Tyrell Williams, even if he did score. Um, but I, I wrote about this earlier in the week. It felt like there were way too many streaming options. And a lot of those streaming options turned out to be good. We're going to have a lot of tight ends um, scoring more fantasy points than what we saw last year. It's just going to be difficult figuring out which guys to play each week. Okay, so what about Austin Hooper? Uh, there was one quote earlier. Is he bra- is he a breakout tight end or is he just Austin Hooper? Well, I mean, I you started he, him in PPR. He had a breakout season last year. Yeah, is he going to beat so this that? Is just kinda, this is kind of building off that. Um, you know, so... There's going to be games, you know, where I think where Calvin Ridley has a, a better performance. This was a, a disaster. Good call by Heath to say that he shouldn't be a starting receiver for fantasy purposes this week. And, you know, Hooper is the, is the guy that's taking advantage of, uh, you know, some of those situations. So I, I think just given what we know about the tight end position, there's there's kind of like five guys, six guys that you know are, are consistent must-start guys each week, and he's in that category. I'm going to run through some notes here, guys. Um, Cam Newton has a chance to play in week four, but we're just not sure. Ben Roethlisberger. Will it sounds be- like no. All right. Uh, yeah, that's sort of what Jason Lock and Fora was hinting anyway. Roethlisberger's not going to have Tommy John surgery, so he should be back next year. James White missed the game due to the birth of his child, and I hope all of you put Rex Burkhead in your FanDuel lineups. Uh, there is concern, according to Adam Schefter, that Jordan Reed may not be able to play again due to all of the concussions he has sustained. So Vernon Davis is widely available and um, could be a streaming option for you. Josh Gordon got hurt, but he came back. He got beat up today. Uh, Vance McDonald also left with an injury uh, at one point. Let's see. It was a shoulder injury for Vance McDonald. Um, the Jaguars don't want to trade Jalen Ramsey, according to Schefter. Jason Lockenfora reports that several GMs think the Chiefs are the favorite to require Ramsey. Royce Freeman had a shoulder injury, but he came back. Josh Rosen came back. Um, some defensive injuries, Detroit defensive tackle, Mike Daniels, foot, Derek Wolf for Denver, ankle, uh, Keanu Neal for Atlanta, Achilles injury. That could be really bad. Uh, Vontez Burfick left with an elbow injury. He's now an Oakland linebacker. And Alec Ogletree, Giants linebacker. He left. Darius Slay, as Jamie mentioned, he left. Ronald Darby, Philly cornerback, he left. Atlanta pass rusher Tack McKinley left with an injury. Rough day for the Falcons. There were some offensive line injuries. We'll get into them later in the week. In terms of almost touchdowns and goal line work, TJ Hawkinson had a terrible game, but he nearly had two touchdowns. He caught one in the back of the end zone, but I think he was out of bounds. Um, and then he dropped one in the front of the end zone. Mark Ingram got a ton of goal line work and three touchdowns. Josh Gordon dropped a touchdown. Sony Michelle, strange game for Sony Michelle. Nine carries for 11 yards, but he did get the, the goal line short yardage work. Aaron Jones, too. Aaron Jones, yeah, he didn't have a very good game, but he got two short yardage touchdowns. Uh, one was from like eight yards out. Um, O.J. Howard dropped a touchdown. Would have been a tough catch. Dallas Goddard dropped a wide-open touchdown. It led to Nelson Aguilar's second touchdown catch of the game, so that was good. And uh, that's pretty much it. And obviously the big story was... Preston Jeff, Williams Jeff got Wilson. a touchdown, too. 
Oh, is that who that was at the end of the half? Yep. Okay, I didn't, yep. I didn't that was a beautiful that. throw by Josh Rosen. Could have changed things in that game. You never know. All right. Hey, it was 10-6 at halftime. Yeah, I know. Could have changed things. They probably would have been leading, right? Or tied. Whatever. Who cares? Green Bay 27. Denver 16. Heath, I think you've had enough time. Let's go. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, Aaron Rodgers is not a top five quarterback. Can you phrase it as Aaron Rodgers is outside the top five? Like, it's just, you're double negativing it, and it's confusing. Aaron Rodgers is not a top five quarterback. That's only one negative. I don't believe it. Yeah, but then when he gets it, believe it or not, I don't believe it. Jamie, do you believe it? No, I don't believe it. I think there's going to be a lot of big games coming when that schedule starts to line up. I, I just think about, like, we, we know he's behind Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to be behind Dak Prescott now, doesn't he? Oh, sure. Well, well hold on, hold on. If, if Aaron Rodgers, uh, hold on. Because we have to talk about this. If Aaron Rodgers had started his season with the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins, and Dak Prescott has started his season with the Bears, Vikings, and Broncos, I honestly don't know what we'd be saying right now. We might be talking about dropping Dak Prescott, or maybe he would have been about, good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't know what to make of okay. their schedules. Okay. What about Deshaun Watson? I would take. Well, I always wanted Watson ahead of him. What about Tom Brady? I don't know. I think I think I'd rather. Have okay. Rodgers. So for the first three weeks of the season, he is not a top five quarterback. When we get to the middle of the season, he may have a three game stretch where it looks like he is a top five quarterback, and then it changes the evaluation the rest of the way. I mean, to to say right. he, it, it's is he a starter or is he not a starter? No, I don't agree with that because I want to know what his trade value is. I want to know if I'm trading for a stud. Yeah, you're Rogers. buying low, absolutely. But am I trading for a top twelve guy or a top five guy? I think it depends what your quarterback situation looks like. I mean, I. I mean, if I acquire Aaron Rodgers, am I getting one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy? So if he, you know, I mean, we, we, we do this, we do this a lot. If, if you, if you value him as the seventh best quarterback, is that a bad thing? Yeah. If I, if I think, yes, because it depends what I have to give up for. Okay. Forget, forget that. My question is, and Heath's question is, is Aaron Rodgers a top five quarterback rest of the season? Yes. I say yes. Heath, what do you say? I think I'd have to say no. Um, but I would expect he'll be like, I don't, know that he's been a top 15 quarterback so far. Has he been a top 20 quarterback? In terms probably of not. fantasy points per game? Probably not. I mean, he's probably behind uh, Case Keenum. I I would expect that he will be much better than he has been. I do think he'll be a starting quarterback moving forward. I I don't think he's top five anymore. I think that there's too much young blood just uh, and creative offenses that just passed him. And not only that, he, he used to be like a 250 to 350 rushing yard guy, and he's not really running. Um, so speaking of running, Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 19 yards, two touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 12 carries, 59 yards. Plus that midweek report that Matt LaFleur wanted to get Jamal Williams more carries. Jamie, is this a big red alert for Aaron Jones? A little bit. A little bit. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it's not good when, you know, Jones is not getting the majority of carries. You know, it's one thing if the playing time is split, but he's still getting the majority of carries like we've seen the first two games. So, um, I'm still starting Aaron Jones week four, Thursday night against the Eagles. But I don't think you can look at him as a top 12 running back right now and maybe not even in top 15. Buffalo 21 and Cincinnati 17. Buffalo had the ball for 36 minutes and 54 seconds. The Bengals for just over 23 minutes. Hey, Frank Gore, I said every running back last year that had 15 carries against the Bengals 
had either a touchdown or 100 rushing yards. He only needed 14. So that was great. 69% owned, 38% started. Heath, believe it or not, from this game. Believe it or not, Frank Gore is a starting fantasy running back once again. LOL. Non-week he has been four. two weeks in a row. Non-week four. Week four is New England. But, I mean, Devin Singletary is going to run him off the field, man. You know that. I I would like to think that Devin Singletary at some point will get double-digit touches. But even if he doesn't, you there's nobody who thinks Frank Gore is a starting running back. You don't think it, Heath. <laughs> I have a better one. Uh, here's my better one. By uh, Believe it no, or not. You know, this yes, is not your game. Believe it or not, John Ross, the John Ross game is over. We can no We're longer do that with the next game. We're doing that with the next game. Uh, what do you mean? I want to do it with John Ross. We can no longer rely on John Ross. Believe it. Yeah, I think I'd rather start Frank Gore than John Ross. I just want to point out, we I did mention, we mentioned on the show that the Bills are amazing at taking away big plays. They were the best at that last year, and that's what Ross does. So this wasn't a good matchup for him. Well, they gave up a 32-yard catch, a 26-yard catch, that's, and a 33-yard catch. That's really not that bad. Like, that's not well, They gave three of them, though. <laughs> I mean, that's bad for them. You're right. And, and actually, Ross did have a drop that could have been a big play. Okay. All right, Heath. Next game is Detroit-Philadelphia. Uh, Detroit with the road win. They are 2-0-1. Believe it or not. Week one was a fluke for TJ Hawkinson. Week one was a matchup situation for TJ Hawkinson. Sure, but a fluke in terms of what he's going to produce on a week-to-week basis. Believe it. I believe that. Can you can you lower the standards a little bit? It sure seems like it was a fluke, and I'm not sure that he's a top 12 tight end. Okay, that, that, that's what you should have said. TJ Hawkinson is not a top 12 tight end, believe it or not. This is not your thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, though. Like, if he if he scores one of the two touchdowns, do you feel better about it? We had this debate for, like, two years yeah. with almost touchdown Safarian Jenkins, though. But, the, the, I mean, the pedigree is different, clearly. Right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he gets on track. I don't we, I can't we've trust seen, him this week. We've seen now, though, factoring... Let, let's take Hawkinson out of the equation because he did play Arizona week one. Danny Amendola was the week one guy. Kenny Galladay was the week two guy. Marvin Jones is the week three guy. Is it going to be that type of offense for Detroit where there's not one consistent producer week in, week out? Yep. Now, Holiday's been the target leader, so you can at least buy into that. But from a production standpoint, it's been a different guy each week. I was going to ask you at one point if there was one bad performance that didn't bother you, and my answer was going to be Kenny Galladay because he did have eight targets. He had nine targets the week before. He had 10 targets the week before that. So, um, you know, I oh, I, I mean, he's, he's clearly the... He's clearly the best of, of Detroit's receivers. But, you know, Stafford, and it's too bad Dave's not here because Dave really likes Stafford this week. This is just the type of quarterback that he is. Like, he'll have games where he's, like, I thought he played a solid game today. You know, not that it was overwhelmingly productive from a statistical standpoint, but he didn't make mistakes, didn't turn the ball over. You know, they they had the big special teams return, you know, which, you know, put them ahead and they were playing with the lead and, you know, on Johnson just kind of grinding out the clock a little bit. But... This is, I think, a game that if you tell Matt Patricia you're going to get a 27-24 victory and your quarterback's going to throw for just over 200 yards with one touchdown and no interceptions, he would probably sign up for that as a defensive head coach. Yeah, and I think I think we need to talk a little bit about Miles Sanders because I have no idea at all what to make of him or his role. He had 15 touches. He had 126 yards. He's so it much better like than was, anybody on the team. It was, But he fumbled twice, lost one of those fumbles, 
and lost the touchdown to Jordan Howard. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. I don't know that. if I feel better or worse about it. I should have mentioned that red zone thing, that goal line thing, one-yard touchdown run for Jordan Howard early in the game. Um, I and, don't know. I don't know and either. Howard had 13 carries to Sanders, or 11 carries to Sanders' 13. I mean, it was still a pretty even split. Sanders, just you've got to think at some point they're going to give Sanders more work, but 15 touches I from think Sanders, if, the, if there's an encouraging thing, that they were chasing points and Darren Sproles had one target. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, by the way, Nelson Aguilar came through. <laughs> Eight catches, 50 yards, two touchdowns on 12 targets. And boy, that was a sigh of relief because I told everybody. To, this guy or Aguilar, I pretty much said Aguilar like every time. Um, and Zach Ertz, uh, another disappointing game. New England 30, Jets 14, Heath. Every Jet except for Le'Veon Bell is droppable. Believe it. Because I was surprised to look, and Jamison Crowder is sixty-one percent owned. Robbie Anderson is seventy-three percent owned. But I here's what don't. we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do on the waiver wire. We're gonna drop them this week and then pick them up going into week five when Darnold's back. Right. That's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like we cannot fairly, you know, discuss the Jets. They. But are, they're they're not worth holding. Certainly in yeah, ten team I, leagues. Yeah, I agree with. Yeah. Through their bye week, they're not worth holding in a lot of twelve team leagues. I mean, if you think about it right now. It sounds like there's a report from uh, ESPN Boston from Mike Reese that Julian Edelman is going to be fine. But without that, assume that that's the case. Would you rather right now have Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, or Phil Dorsett? Dorsett. Do I need to start the guy in week four, or is this just a rest of season thing? Right now, rest of season. Dorsett's been like a top 15 wide receiver this year, right? Yeah, but not in the way that you would typically like, because he doesn't get a big target share. But Robbie Anderson's never going to really get a dominant target share. No. Like Crowder may get that type of production when Darnold's healthy, but it could be Darnold's back in week five and he's not 100% until week six or seven. You know, that he's kind of playing his way back through this. That's fine Try with and me. right the ship. Uh, okay, so then, believe it or not, here's, a, here's another one. <laughs> believe it or not, Sony Michelle is going to lose his starting job. Don't believe it. I reject the premise. <laughs> okay, he's at Buffalo and at Washington. This is not Jets. a very good look offensive at, line for New England. Look at his last four, his next four games: Buffalo, Washington, Giants, Jets. I mean, Sony Michelle should be very good there. Uh, those, I don't know that that's true. Why? Buffalo is not a good matchup. I don't. It is think a good Washington matchup. The bad run defense. I, I mean, Buffalo look, is a good matchup. They're gonna they're gonna blow those teams out. I mean, they're, he's going to have one they're yard. Gonna, they're not going to blow Buffalo up. He, maybe not. I, Buff, Bills are going to miss the playoffs, by the way. Hot take. 3-0 missing no, the playoffs. Yes, they suck. Uh, Buffalo, they suck? They, are the, they're, they have beaten three horrible teams. Like, they are not Look good. at the AFC. They barely the beat AFC. the Jets. They barely beat Daniel the Bengals. You're doing the same thing to the Bills. Look at the AFC. I'm not doing... Uh, the Bills aren't good. Um, <laughs> who, who of the second-tier teams is better than them? Agree that agree they're not going to blow out the Bills. Agree in Buffalo they won't blow out the Bills. They'll blow out the other three teams. Uh, who's Josh I, Allen over Daniel Jones? Oh, you take that back right now. That's one hundred percent true. In fantasy or like you're starting a franchise. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> All right, Minnesota, Oakland, thirty-four, fourteen, Vikings. Go ahead, Heath. <laughs> Alexander Madison is the number one handcuff and a must own, and it's a sh- crime that he's still under 60% owned. That was a long one. Jamie, I'll let you answer. 
I'm just trying to think of like other backup running backs that if they get an opportunity to be featured guys, um, it's hard to argue that he's not there. So yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's it's uh, it's such a good system right now that they're running, and and Dalvin Cook, you know, I, th- this is clearly a uh, an above average player in a great situation, and he's taking advantage of it. And so you know, this is what we you know sort of hoped for Cook the, each of the last three seasons essentially, and he's fulfilling the prophecy. And Madison could certainly do the same. Kansas City 33, Baltimore 28. This one's trickier. Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hartman are must start until Tyreek Hill returns. Hmm. What they, format are we saying must start in? I, I, I didn't specify. <laughs> They're because at if the it's three leagues, the answer is believe it. Oh, oh. I thought you meant like half PPR, PPR. No, I mean, the, the, the non-PPR, PPR doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I'm going to struggle with those guys so much just because of the targets and because of the, like their efficiency has been out of this world. And I just like, typically you do not expect this from anyone, but it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy Reid and it's the chiefs. And so maybe, like I said, you can just throw math out the window. Um, I don't know. It sounded like you said throw throw Matt out the window, which is very very aggressive. But there's just something wrong with Heath right now, so I'm not messing with him. He probably thinks my name is Matt, and therefore I don't want to be anywhere near Heath right now. <laughs> uh, all right, let me see if I can come up with something else. Buy or, or uh, believe it or not, Mark Ingram is a great sell high candidate. Don't believe it. No, I don't either. Okay, same question, Lamar Jackson. Not now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Believe it. I'd sell him. I did trade him. For? I traded him and John Ross for Tammy Watkins and Kyler Murray because I needed a receiver. Oh, I like that. I feel like I feel like Kyler Murray, I don't understand how he doesn't score more fantasy points. It must be red zone stuff. I, I don't know. Um, let's go to our next they game. They two great red zone plays today. They hit the touchdown pass to David Johnson. And to Fitzgerald. How did he only score 20 points? I, I feel like there's had more than turnovers. Yeah. Uh, Dallas 31 and Miami 6. And Heath, what do you got? I didn't have a good one for this one. <laughs> um, this was the game I skipped, apparently. I Let's just say this, because I did think it was interesting. Ezekiel Elliott is not going to get back to the same workload he had the past two years. Well, uh, well, I mean, he had 19 carries in this game. He had 23 carries last week. I, we'll throw out week one because he, you know, was coming off the hit 13 carries. We missed the whole offseason, basically. But, but he had five, he has five catches they, in three games. Right. These were games also where they ran the ball a lot more than we would anticipate. Like they just had they had a big lead here. I I'm a little like I think Zeke's still going to be fine. I'm not sure he can be number one because they seem to want to have Tony Pollard involved as well. Okay. Um, believe it or not, Amari Cooper is better than Adam Thielen rest of season. Believe it. Believe it. Okay. Four touchdowns in three games. Jason Witten wasn't terrible. Three catches, 54 yards, and Dak Prescott had another big game. 25 fantasy points. Not amazing, but a good game for him and a, a rushing touchdown. Colts 27, Falcons 24. Heath? Uh, believe it or not, Julio Jones is the best receiver in football and fantasy football. 
Believe it. Scoring touchdowns. It, it sure looks that way. Is there a reason why we we would go away from DeAndre Hopkins? Um, Julio's better. Julio scoring touchdowns now. Julio's better because of three games. Hopkins has been well. I mean, if this if this is the Julio you're getting, you know, yeah. for a guy that has has scored ten touchdowns max once, and he's got four already. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like he's never done it. He's done it once. Hopkins oh, does it I mean, all the come time. On, <laughs> come on. I, I I just am I really getting away from DeAndre Hopkins? They have a defense now that is going to potentially be without Keanu Neal, as we saw last year, how bad that was. For and, they, and he scored, what, six touchdowns or whatever it was last year? I don't even know. He has the offensive coordinator oh, eight, that eight, helped eight, him get eight. to 10 touchdowns once upon a time. All right. All right. I just, why go away from DeAndre Hopkins? Look, last year, I will remind you guys, last year you were taking Michael Thomas at this point of the season. I think both of you, but definitely one of you said, I will take Michael Thomas over Antonio Brown. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's Antonio Brown. I'm not overreacting that much. So I don't know that I'm overreacting and putting Julio ahead of Hopkins. I think the question is, if they're both going to score the same amount of touchdowns, who would you rather have, Julio or Hopkins? Julio. I mean, for Julio is a guy that averages 100 yards per game. Is he that much better in yards than Hopkins? they got to be pretty similar. You get catches. Over he just career? the same touchdowns. He doesn't have to be that much better. He just has to be any better. Okay, okay. So, all right. All right, fine. I won't argue anymore. Carolina 38, Arizona 20. Eh, actually, let's stay on that game real quick. Um, give me your thoughts on Marlon Mack rest of season. Uh, I mean, the offensive line is so good that he's got a chance to, you know, he, he's better in non-PPR than PPR, but, you know, I, I think 74 and a touchdown is kind of what he'll live. You know, the touchdowns are are, are the number that you have to hope he, he, he gets to, but, I mean, I, I could see him... Finishing the season with 10 touchdowns. Mac or Devontae Freeman rest of season? Mac. That's funny. That, that is like a four-round difference in draft value, but they're better. They're obviously better than we thought they'd be with Jacoby Brissett. Four-round difference between Devontae Freeman and Marlon Mack? After, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, th- maybe three. After the uh, T.Y. Hilton, in, after the Andrew Luck retirement, absolutely. I don't remember. I don't think he went to the seventh round. Seventh round. Yeah. Sixth round. Maybe two. Six rounds. rounds. Freeman was. Freeman was fourth. I'll say. I'll say three rounds, not four, but up to three. three. I find two to three. That's a big difference. I think I shouldn't have said four, but I would. I'll Fifteen say, round I'll difference say three. between the two. No, I'll say I, I, I'll say three. But they're no look. They're just better than we thought they'd be with Brissett. Like give the guy credit. He's done well. Uh, all right, let's go to the late games. Carolina thirty-eight, Arizona twenty. Heath. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are both reliable number two wide receivers. Believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about reliable. I don't know. They're all, this offense has been weird to me. Uh, but I mean, this is good. this was an amazing game because I didn't I didn't know what the catches or targets were when I saw the big catch for DJ Moore. I was like, oh wow, he nailed it. Yeah, yeah. only catch in the entire game. Crazy, crazy. I, I have he only got two targets. Guy had twenty four targets in the first two weeks of the season. And only got two in this game. I have no idea what to make of it. I don't know if it's a Kyle Allen thing. I don't know if it's a thing that Arizona was doing with their coverage. I have no idea. I'm looking forward to finding out next week. I All mean, right. the thing the thing that uh, is is interesting. Um, we debated pretty heavily in a couple different shows this week. DJ Moore versus Calvin Ridley, and they both had one catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Giants but 32, like we, Tampa but, Bay 31. But like we said, you can count on DJ Moore to get into the end zone, unlike Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Believe it. All right, Giants 32, Tampa Bay 31. I don't think I'm going to let Heath talk about this game, so I'm going to do a believe it or not. Believe it or not, Ronald Jones will end up being the best running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I reject the premise. I hate Tampa Bay so much. <laughs> well, believe it or not, Ronald Jones is going to be the best running back for the Bucs. I don't participate in your games. This is my game. <laughs> it's, it, can they just, every week, the next week it's Barber. They were using Jones really to ice the game when they were, well, when they were trying to ice the game anyway. They were using him instead of Barber. Um, all right, fine. If we're not going to answer that question, believe it or not, believe OJ, it or not, I don't believe it. OJ Howard's going to be just fine as a starting tight end. Believe it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm just worried that, that it's only that. It, it's only going to be just fine and not elite. You know? Yeah, he's no Greg Olson. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, who would you rather have rest of the season, Olson or Howard? Olson. Howard, just because we've seen Olson not be able to finish the last two years. Right, and he's already. I mean, he's been on the injury report already. Houston twenty-seven, Chargers twenty. Heath, you just can't trust Mike Williams. Believe it. I yeah, believe it. I was going to say, believe it or not, Mike Williams is droppable. I don't want to do that, but I can't make a very good argument against it. Do we have a running back situation to worry about in Los Angeles for the Chargers? Another touchdown for Justin Jackson called back. I think that's back-to-back week that he's gotten the red zone carry and had a touchdown called back. But only nine carries for Eckler, and they were using Jackson on some passing situations when they were chasing. Seven catches, A little bit concerned about Eckler. A little concerned, really? Seven catches? Yep. How many total yards did he have? 81 total yards? I don't know. I mean, given where he's been... Yeah, but so what? He's allowed to have a down game. He's not. He's not. Ezekiel I'm just. Elliott. I just wonder. You know, he, we had the fumble last week, and and I wonder if there was some level of let's give Jackson more work. That's my only concern. Right, I so hope it's not the norm. Speaking of fumbles, believe it or not, New Orleans 33, Seattle 27. Believe it or not, Chris Carson could lose his job. That's not what we're doing here. <laughs> Fine, believe he, it or not, Will Disley is a top 12 tight end. Mine is so much. Uh, I believe it. Mine is so much I better. Think he is. All right, fine. Now do mine. Chris Carson could lose his job. Seven games now in his career for Will <laughs> Disley, right? I think he scored five or six touchdowns. Uh, uh-huh. Even got more targets in this game. Seven targets. This may have been his most targeted game. I'm pretty excited about Disley as a starting tight end. Yep. Okay, now do mine. Chris Carson could lose his job, believe it or not. He fumbled again. I don't believe it. All right. That <laughs> offensive line was a disaster today. If Rashad Penny is out there, he's 79% owned. He did not play, but if he's out there, just take a look. Okay, San Francisco 24, Pittsburgh 20. I think this is our last game. Heath, believe it or not, what do you got? If you drafted George Kittle in the second or third round, he's a bust. Well, we already talked about this. You're not good at this game. I am fantastic. I created this game. So you don't even get to decide if I'm good at it or not. <laughs> There's really not else, nothing else to talk about because we already. Oh no, I got a good topic. one. Believe it or not, sell high on Juju Smith-Schuster, and I believe it. Mason Rudolph looked it, awful. He looked awful, and you cannot count on a 76-yard touchdown catch. He had five yards other than that catch. I am concerned. about I think Juju. unless you're getting something close to fair value, I would probably hold out one more week because they get the Bengals next week. All right, I like that take. I like that. Rudolph looked bad though. He is. Definitely not Daniel Jones. Who is? 
I, okay. I still think Man, that the I can't believe Todd Gurley has ten yards on five carries. Don't say Steelers, don't no spoilers. The Steelers, he hasn't even caught a pass yet. The Steelers really should have had uh, a two for one trade and gotten both Fitzpatrick just to have another quarterback. Because that because Heath has been so off about everything he said on today's show, I'm just gonna not believe him uh, about Todd Gurley, and I'm gonna I have the game DVRing. I'm gonna start it up. So Heath, last no, question. no Gurley stinks. Last Believe question. it or not, there have been zero touchdowns in the first half of the Sunday night game. Oh, gosh. That sounds believable. Believe it or <laughs> not. All right, Heath, in all seriousness, you're starting a franchise right now. Do you yeah. take Josh Allen or Daniel Jones? I'll take Josh Allen. Thank you. Wow. We have the guy who hated the guy who hated Josh Allen is all in on Josh Allen. We have to go. We have oh, to go. Oh, I don't go. like Josh Allen that much. I need to leave. <laughs> I have to go. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday with a big Oh my god, update. Adam, you gotta wait. Hold on. This one play, it's uh gotta go by. For Jamie and Heath, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening. Talk to you Monday night. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.